Hey, New Life Church, it's gonna be a great day. I'm so glad to be with you again. Uh, let me give you some vision for today. We're gonna worship with music, we're gonna sing songs, just like you would if you were in a church. And then we're gonna study His Word, just like you would if you were in a regular church service. Remember the old way people would actually go to a building? Uh, we're gonna do that today. I'm also gonna teach you uh, about a blessing. I'm gonna talk to you about how to receive uh, the blessing from God. This is not a financial blessing. This is nothing specific. It's just the will of God in your heart. I'm gonna pray over that at the end. Uh, but I have a dear friend, Darren DeLon, who's been with me since the ninth grade. He gave his heart to the Lord in the ninth grade and he never looked back. This boy was rebellious. He was a fighter. He was mean. He still looks mean. He's a Cajun. Listen to his accent. He's just a blessing to me. He and his wife, Michelle and I adore them. So I've asked him to open up the scripture because I know Jesus is real to him and to teach us. So I'm looking forward to this service. But you know what? There's a lot of different ways to do church. If you went to 50 different churches, you would see 50 different ways that people worship the Lord. I think where we get into trouble sometimes is where we try to make people worship a certain way. Like if I connect with the Lord uh, by closing my eyes and being quiet, then I want everybody else to close their eyes and just be quiet. I don't think so. I think the Lord has given different styles of reaching out to Him. So you may go to one church where people are dancing You'll go to another church where they're stoic or very reverent. So I don't know what it is that causes you to connect with the Lord. So let's bypass all that and just say this. Connect with Him. If we're singing songs and you don't know the words, then just listen to the words. If you don't know how to praise Him, let the words tell you what to do and what to think about. That's what the Word of God is all about. And most worship songs are written according to the Word of God. That's what we aim at. So let's connect with Him. Why? Because He's worthy to be praised. That's what the scripture says. And if you do it with all of your heart, soul, and strength, you'll never regret it. So let's enjoy right here on a digital platform, this digital campus. Let's have church. Feel 
what a great song to worship God with here this weekend. You know, it blesses me every week to know that our church is still gathering together. Some of you right there in your homes, others of you are gathering with friends, but we're worshiping God together and opening His Word. You know, as we start here this weekend, I want to pose a question to all of you, and that is, can you bear uncertainty? If there's anything I've learned in this season, and that is that life is uncertain. Life is uncertain, but God isn't. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, and what what this chapter a lot is about is about the persecution that's coming on the disciples, but also upon the church. Jesus also gives the promise of his Holy Spirit, but he lets them know, too, that he's about to depart. John 16, verse 33, it says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. He says, here on this earth, you will. He's not saying that you might. He says, you will have many trials and tribulations. But then he goes on and he says, but take heart. We're going to come back to that later because I've overcome the world. You know what I've noticed is that this is a season of radical shifts that are taking place. And it's hard for me when I look at all this to try to put all what's going on in context, to make sense of all the things that we're seeing around us. Never could have predicted what we're facing today. Although, hear me on this, the Bible's very clear on the season that we're living in. For many of you, including myself, it feels like our world has been turned upside down. Maybe fear, maybe trouble, maybe some of you are feeling a little bit indecisive right now. Maybe for some of you, you're feeling overwhelmed. But here's the thing I know, it's not always a good time to make a big decision when you're feeling overwhelmed. I told my wife Marcy last week, I was ready to sell it all, buy a boat, and move to the Caribbean and just chill out on the water there. But let me just ask you, how many of y'all have felt those emotions? You're feeling overwhelmed. And here's what I learned about feeling overwhelmed. That is this thing called stress. Real or perceived, but here's the thing I know. A lot of us are stressed out right now in this moment. You know, Pastor Rick last week, he talked a lot about tension. He talked about how this nation is shouting, whether it be through social media, whether it be through the news, but all of that makes us feel overwhelmed. Some of you today, you may be stressed by your kids. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of thought about adding on to my house ever since my daughter's moved back in. Some of you might be stressed with the uncertainty of the school system. Some of you might be stressed with your business. I was talking to a businessman recently that said he can't even hire anyone right now because no one's willing to work. For some of you, you may be stressed with your finances. Maybe you don't even know if you're going to have a job in the next week or two. But here's what I want you to see about stress. When our bodies feel threatened by something, Whether it be physically, emotionally, or even spiritually, it produces a stress response within our body. 
You know, let me tell you a story of a few years ago, my wife and I decided to go hit the woods. We call it here the deer woods here in Arkansas. But that means, I don't know, if it's deer, do they have turkey? Do they have bear? But in the deer woods, we decided to go. And here's what I asked my wife to do. Come with me, and I'm going to help set up this deer stand. But as I begin to talk to her about this, one of the first things that she said, she says, look, I'm not going in those woods because I've seen what's been on your deer camera. And there was this bear, a big bear. And so I kind of talked to her a little bit about it. And I, and I told her, I said, you know, hypothetically speaking, you know, if a bear comes up to you, all you got to do is just be calm. And so I talked her into this, and, and here's what I told her as we got there. I said, look, the bear's on the other side of the property. And so she's kind of looking at me. She's kind of checking these things out, and we jumped on the four-wheeler. And as we drove up onto the deer stand, getting ready to get things set up, it was, <laughs> as soon as we got off that four-wheeler, there was this big mama bear that just went crazy at us. And I'm going to tell you right now, everything I told my wife what not to do, she did. She ran, she screamed, she was encouraging me with a lot of names, and then I just looked at her. She was gone. You know what that shows? It's a stress response. She responded when there was a threat, and immediately she ran. That's stress. Listen, acute stress, man, that's a good stress. You need to know when to run, but chronic stress, it will destroy your life. It will destroy you. Listen, when you're stressed out, when you're disoriented, when you feel like life is uncertain, you need something that can anchor your soul. And so if you have a Bible again, turn with me to the book of Hebrews we're going to look at a particular scripture all throughout Hebrews that I think lines us up to this thing of uncertainty. It lines us up to a place where we don't have to be overwhelmed. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says, we have this hope. It's talking about Jesus here. We have this hope as an anchor to our soul, firm in secure. You know, when I read this particular scripture, <laughs> Anchor to the Soul, I can't help but think about an 80s Gaither band classic, you know, song that they did. But, but here's the thing, seriously, I want you to think about. How can you remain anchored in this season of your life? How can you remain anchored now, but also for the rest of your life? The first thing I want you to look at here Again, if you're taking notes, write this down. You can discuss this with your family or your friends later. The first thing I want you to see, how do you remain anchored? Number one, stay close to Jesus as he remains close to you. Stay close to Jesus as he remains close to you. Psalms 34, verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who have spirits who have been crushed. What the author's saying here, he says, look, when God is there for you, when you know God is there for you, when a trial hits, you're going to have to remind yourself that he is close. Look, there's been many times in my life 
that I've often felt, especially when I'm in the middle of a trial, that God's a million miles away. Have any of you ever felt that? Have any of you ever felt that this week or maybe last week or just over the past few months? Have you felt that way with your family or maybe there in your marriage or right now trying to decide what school all about or what career you're going in? And for some of you, you feel like God is so far away from you. But here's the thing I want you to know here today. God has never been closer. God has never been closer. The Bible says that he's near to the broken heart. In other words, he's paying attention to you right now. He's not aloof. He's not distant. Hebrews goes on to say in Hebrews 13, verse 5, he says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. When you look at this verse, he says, never. This means when your life is feeling fragmented, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're wanting to give up, God's saying, look, I'm right there with you. Listen to me on this. God says, I'm with you. I'll always be with you. I've been with you, and I'm going to keep on being with you, and I will never leave you alone. Do you believe that today? This is called God's faithfulness. But what about me? What about you? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, therefore. Anytime you see that word, therefore, it's saying, look, stop. Pay attention here. It says, therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. You know, the Bible says that we have a tendency to drift. And Pastor Jason Kimbrough, he shared this message a few months back on this, about drifting. And all of us have a, a tendency to drift. Some of you have been there. Some of you are right there in your marriage or maybe with a friend or, or maybe right now with your relationship with God. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Marcy and I went on a marriage retreat. And, and I got to just be honest here, guys. It was a marriage retreat for, for a checkup. And I was open, but I got to be honest, guys, I was reluctant because I didn't want to go sit down with, with two counselors I didn't know, a couple I did not know. But here's the thing I did know. I needed some soul care a few weeks ago. And, and, and I'll never forget, as we sat down, we were, we were sitting there kind of talking through some things, and then here's what they said directly to Marcy and I. You have to know where you are at this moment. And they gave us the red dot analogy. Now, for some of you, you might understand, not might understand what the red dot analogy is, but you know, there was these things called malls. Do, do any of y'all remember malls? Brick and mortar, you know? And, and as you would go in a mall, if you didn't know where you were going or, or what you were really truly trying to get to where you wanted to go, there was times you could just stop, and right there, there would be a map and on that map would be this red dot that says, you are here. And that's what they were trying to do in this counseling session with Marcy and I. They were trying to say, look, your marriage is right here. Now, here's the thing for me. 
As I was trying to say where our marriage was or how I rated our marriage as five star, I realized that Marcy and I were not at the same dot. Because here's the thing, guys. I thought I was here, but in reality, I was over here. My opinion didn't count where I thought where the marriage was. The opinion that counted the most was my bride, was Marcy. Listen, where are you at today? Some of you got to identify the red dot at this moment in your walk with God. Listen, some of you are no longer close to Jesus like you used to be. Some of you are no longer close to the Word of God. Here's what I want to do is I want to challenge you to take heart. Has there ever been a time, write this down, has there ever been a time in your life where you were closer to God than where you are right now? And here's the thing I want to encourage you with. What are you going to do about it? Some of you may be sitting right there with your spouse. You want to challenge each other. What are we going to do about this? How are we going to get closer to God? Because here's the thing, and Pastor Rick says this often, all right? God didn't move. You moved. You drifted. Secondly, when we look at this, how can we remain anchored, all right? When we're talking about this, how can we remain anchored? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, not neglecting to meet together as in some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're in the days, guys. We see the day drawing near. And the Bible's making it very clear. Don't go through this season alone. Can I be honest? It's easy to, to drift not only away from God, but also away from relationships with one another as well. And there's a big challenge we're facing, guys. We've never seen the things that we're experiencing right now. The challenge we're facing like social distancing is taking a toll on our relationships. Now, I'm not negating the importance of how important it is we follow guidelines in this season. However, I want you to see God is a relational being and he created us to be the same. When God created this world, he ordered it to function relationally. Now, there's a biblical word for this. And the word that it's describing here in Hebrews, when it talks about relationships and building relationships, is this word koinia. It means fellowship. Now, I know that's a churchy word. Now, some of you might recall the time when you had a fellowship hall at your church. And at that fellowship hall, you would gather with friends, you would gather with family, and you would do those potluck dinners. Some of you remember those potluck dinners. My brother and I, we used to call them faith dinners because we never knew what we were about to eat. But we need some more potluck dinners right now in the church. We need some more time where we're hanging out with one another. Now, what I'm not talking about is this huge, large crowd. I'm not referring to that. But koinonia is talking about having a relationship. And here's what it says. It says this, it's life touching life. In other words, we look at this and think it's all about 
looking in someone's eyes, talking to someone, asking someone questions. How are you really doing? How's your faith right now? How's your walk with God? Listen, church, life is no solo act. You will never know how you're really doing until you are in relationships. And I have learned that over the past few months. I have needed friends to pray with me. I have needed my wife to challenge me, but also love me. I've needed time with my mom and dad like never before, just to sit down and talk and reminisce, but also encourage each other with the word. I've needed friends in this season to call on me, to check on me, to say, man, how are you doing? To me to be accountable to. How are you doing relationally? Take heart. What relationships have you drifted from? Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Write a few of those down, and here's what I want to ask all of you to do this week, to call them. And not only call them, I want to encourage you to do the next step, and that is ask them, say, hey, let's meet one-on-one. And as you meet with them one-on-one, I want to encourage you to have some real godly fellowship. Really ask them, how are you doing in this season? And at the end, just say, hey, can I pray for you? Can we pray together? How are you doing relationally? And lastly, point number three, I want to encourage you, focus on the eternal and not what is temporal right there in front of you. You know, it can be overwhelming for us to look at the uncertainty that's right there in front of us today. We don't even know what tomorrow brings. We don't, we don't know when next week's gonna, what's going to happen next week. But I wanted to encourage you to do this, to get your eyes off of the temporal and let your eyes gaze and let it look upon Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And then he says this, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God still has a hope for your future. God still has a plan for you. You're not going to settle in. This is not a time to quit. It's a time to move forward in the race that God's called you to. Doing what? Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, or instead of this, he, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And look what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. It says, so we fix our eyes. We set our gaze, we set our focus, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, listen to what it says here, is eternal. Now guys, look at me. I want you to check this out, man. I want you to catch this, all right? When you're fixated on something or someone, that means you stop fixating on anything else. And here's what I've learned. It's not 
possible to be fixated on multiple things at the same time. And so in this season, I want to challenge you. Be fixated on Jesus. That means zeroing in on him. It means that we're counseling out all views. You're no longer looking to other people or other opinions or even your own viewpoints. Rather, you're looking to Jesus. You're looking at Jesus in him alone. Again, as we we close, I want to close with this last question. And if you're there with a, a friend there, maybe you're in a car, maybe you're right there in your home with your family, I want you to write this question down, and that is, what are you fixating on at this moment? What are you overwhelmed with at this moment? Just write those things down. And as you're writing those things down or as you're discussing it there with a friend or a loved one, Here's what I want you to do as you're writing it down. I want you to go back next to each one of them and say, but God, but God, but God. Don't be fixated on what you're facing. Be fixated on Jesus and and Jesus alone. Remember, church, life is uncertain, but God isn't. And I want to close again going back to John 16. It's our text that we started with, verse 33. But now in context of what we've talked about, in context of what you've written down, I want you to look at this verse now. And it says this, I have told you all of this, all this, so that you may have peace In me. Jesus says, here on this earth, we're living it right now. He says, you will have many trials. You will have many tribulations. But he says here, take heart, because I have overcome the world. Listen, take heart. In this season, take heart. In this season, keep looking to Jesus. There's only one secure thing that we can hold on to. There's only one who we can give hope to and put our hope in. There's only one that we can truly have peace. There's only one that can anchor our soul. His name is Jesus. And all I want to encourage you here today is just look to him. Right where you are, I'm just going to ask you to bow your head. And I just want to pray over you in this moment. And again, I just want to encourage you. Remember what I said earlier. God has never been closer to you than where you are right now. So right there in your home, right there in the car, wherever you are at this moment, I just want to encourage you to call on the name of Jesus. And let's pray. God, we just thank you. That, Lord God, in the midst of the trials and the tribulations as we read about, even in the midst of persecution of the things to come, that, God, we can truly call out on you. And we know, Lord God, that through the name of Jesus, we find comfort, we find strength, we find hope. 
God, I ask right now, whoever's watching us, who's ever sitting there, maybe with a friend, or maybe they're by themselves right now, God, those that don't know you, I pray that they can call on your name, the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus. So, God, we take what we're overwhelmed with at this moment in our life, and, God, we transfer it. We give it to you. We lay it at your feet. And, God, we receive your peace right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you right now to just take a moment, just get settled right there, and we're going to go back into worship and just let Jesus minister to you here today.
this week, I was reminded of the scripture that says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. When we worship together, that's what it reminds me of. It's good to be together. It's good to be in worship together. With that in mind, every week we've been taking up an offering and I just want to say thank you for everyone doing everything that they can. It takes a lot to have big vision as a church. It takes a lot to reach out. It takes a lot just to maintain uh, 18 campuses. But people are there. People are faithful. And um, man, as a pastor, I am not discouraged by it. So I want to give honor to where honor is due. For those of you who have lost your job along the way, uh, I understand that this is not a time where you can, you can do anything to contribute. Uh, we'll be faithful, and then you can be faithful later. But we do want to pray for you. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing in just a minute over all of you. But I do want to also ask you to consider uh, visiting our city serve just to see what's going on. We have shown you the footage of what we're doing across the state of Arkansas. But I want you to think about going to look at it yourself. It's a safe place to be and you can go there. This reminds me of church. We are having church in buildings and I think that's also a safe place to be. Some of you may not want to do that yet. You're going to have to make the call, but at least go and take a look. You'll be surprised how encouraging our campus pastors are in being in the house of God with others, how great it can be. Give it a shot. And uh, what I'd like for you to do right now is if you can, just take your hands and open them up right in front of you and like a sign of surrender, and I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing over each of you. Lord, we thank you that you love us and you're with us. We give our homes to you, our hearts to you. Those that are in vehicles, Lord, we ask that you'll be with them as they travel around. Lord, we're so thankful that as for me and my house, we're gonna serve you serve the Lord. Some of us are heavy in our heart right now because we have a child or a loved one who has wandered from the faith in this season. And Lord, I pray that we will hold on to hope in your name. Some are discouraged because they haven't been feeling well. Some might even have COVID. It could be something else. Lord, we're thankful that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, some may be discouraged because they're in despair, maybe even depressed. Lord, we, we thank you that you are the encourager of our soul, the lifter of our head. Be with them. Some might be discouraged because the relationship that they're in is somewhat distraught, and um, maybe it's, it's overwhelming to them as Darren has taught us the word. But Lord, I pray that you will encourage them and give them life and hope. Lord, let your face shine upon us. Let us be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Wherever we go and whatever we think about and dream about, that you will be with us. We are not alone. You are close to us. For those who are broken in their heart, you are close to the brokenhearted. So Lord, we not only love you, but we want to serve you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you go, I want to give you a parting thought, like a discussion question for your family. If you're watching this alone, you can ask somebody else. Some of you are overwhelmed. Darren hit that very well. 
But what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Or what should you do? I think that would be something worthy of discussing right there in your home. What do you do when you're overwhelmed that allows the Lord to help you? And what do you not do when you're overwhelmed that keeps the Lord from helping you? Discuss that. Love you. God bless you. And I'm proud to be one of the pastors at New Life.